Before we get started today, it's the season of the UK Podcasters Awards. That means that for the month of July 2015, votes are open for you to nominate your favourite podcast. And I'd really appreciate, dear listener, if you'd vote for Digital Marketing Radio. I've set up a link to the voting page for you at digitalmarketingradio.com slash vote. And if you like what you're listening to, I would really appreciate if you'd take 30 seconds of your time to cast your opinion. So just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash vote to take part. Thank you so much. Now, on with the show. Digital Marketing Radio, episode 109, a YouTube marketing guide. DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The big interview with David Bain Today I'm joined by a marketer, other marketers, go to for YouTube advertising advice. Nathan Haig, welcome to DMR. G'day, mate. How you going? G'day, viewers, listeners, podcasters. Who else have we got? We've got meerkats, we've got periscopers, we've got tweeters. Yeah, g'day, everybody. That's good, the point of the story. Good day, absolutely. Well, um, you can find Nathan over at nathanhig.com. So, Nathan, what's up with the accent? Uh, well, I've got two passports, so it depends like how drunk I am and in what country. So, you know, I can say fair income over here, or I can get back to the UK and talk like an extra off lock stock. I mean, you know, pick your poison there, Dave, you know. It's, it's... <laughs> I must admit, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm sure a lot of people are as well. But uh, this is going to be interesting because we're recording it, obviously, on Periscope here. We're broadcasting live in Periscope. We're recording it on YouTube. We are doing an audio podcast here at the same time. Are we spinning too many plates? Am I spinning too many plates? I'm not sure. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? Clearly, you couldn't do that over here in Australia because the internet is... But in the UK, like, what a bonus. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, people watching on Periscope, please feel free to ask questions. I will try and keep an eye on the screen there as well. If I don't manage to read out every question, I apologise. You know, if you're watching along, please share it with your friends. Click on the... Um, um, the little button there that um, indicates how many people are actually on. Uh, click the share button and share it with um, other people um, that are following you as well. That would be much appreciated. Um, but actually, getting on to the topic itself, um, we're going to be talking about YouTube advertising today. Um, so um, with YouTube, um, there's obviously organic marketing, there's advertising as well. Um, you favor paying for advertising on YouTube and doing paid for uh, YouTube videos. Is that correct, Nathan? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a preference for uh, for scaling out really quickly. And of course, you can stay there for, you know, a week or 10 weeks, a year, and you can get your organic. I get that. And that's it. That is important. It's nice. Um, but for me, that's a vanity metric. Like, I'd rather just make money. And actually, if I need to put some money on the table with PPC adverts, then, then that's what I'm going to do. So YouTube advertising works. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And um, any particular type of YouTube advertising, it's the, it's the pre-roll that you focus on, isn't that right? Yeah, it is. Like right now, and that will change, but right now the uh, the pre-roll or the in-stream, that's what Google calls it, the in-stream adverts, the ones where you can click after five seconds of watching it. So those ones are the only ones that count at the moment that, that I find convert. So can YouTube 
really drive quality leads to um, most types of businesses or, or is there just a certain type of business that can really thrive using YouTube advertising? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's um, like everyone looks at, you know, the next uh, social channel to be the panacea for all their business problems. And that's not the case, right? I mean, some businesses thrive on Facebook, others you know, usually don't. So um, it really is, uh, you know, the, the wishy-washy answer of it depends. Obviously, uh, business to consumer type stuff always wins. Uh, business to business, yeah, absolutely it can. Um, but if I was selling like, you know, JCBs, I might have more of a problem if I would than if I was selling, say, I don't know, like some sexy new SaaS um, product for marketers, all right? So horses for courses, really. And that's like any marketing channel, to be fair. But YouTube, I mean, it's really, it is the second biggest search engine in the world, you know, bar Google. So, and on there, you have, again, an intention to buy because it is Google. You've got people that are specifically typing in, uh, explicitly typing in what they're looking for. So as a marketer, if you can actually tap in to what they're actually typing in, well, you know, that's a good synergy there you know, to sell your product or service. So, yeah. Okay, absolutely. And, and I've been on your, your website, nathanhaig.com, and um, you, you've got a few interesting guides there. One, one that I had a look at is um, you, you've got a guide on how to actually create your own YouTube ads. So I'm hoping that you can actually talk us through that as well, because I was really interested by how much you actually broke it down second by second. And I found that you know, quite incredible. How did you actually come up with that to begin with? Honestly, trial, error, and uh, yeah tens of thousands of dollars to be quite honest in, in what does and what doesn't work so as a, a growth hacker i kind of cringe when i use that term but um but when you sit down and you just go well, what works what doesn't what can i model myself upon etc etc so voraciously read sit down put some money physical money on the table and actually see what works and what doesn't work and that that's that's really it so you have just got to do the hard yakker and you've just got to get it done and that's that's how i've done it trial error and i found out what works and what doesn't work and i usually get it right um for most businesses that come on board with me and is that right f for you i mean you talked about most businesses coming on board with you can people cut corners now by actually following the way that you've done it and basically a, a system that you've set up or is it better yeah. for people to actually find out and test things a little bit for their own business as well uh, again really good question so i would if I, if I was a business owner i'd want reward over risk so um obviously with marketing things change at, at lightning speed so what i've tapped into is the ability um to uh, format those adverts in such a way that it holds the audience attention literally on youtube you have uh five seconds you have five seconds to actually get, uh, gain someone's attention. Uh, obviously, no one wants adverts. No one wants to sit there and have to endure another advert, especially if they're looking for a video that they've typed out and they're expecting to see, and then your ugly mug pops up talking about something that might have nothing to do with the video they're looking at. Well, that's interruptive, and that's going to piss them off, right? There's no way around that. But conversely, if you come up with a really great advert, uh, and it really does talk to that. Uh, there's a maximum congruency between what they're about to watch, what they're expecting to watch in your advert and your words and your actions. If that congruency is 100 percent, you're just laughing. And there's very, very few people that get that right. I mean, people like Ford and I'll name names. You know, you look at Ford motor cars. Well, if I'm a if I'm a chick and I'm like kind of looking at Charlie's Kitchen, which is a very popular 
um, like kids, sort of like kitchen type channel over, well, over the world. It's Australian based, but it's actually all over the world. Why would I have a Ford 4x4 targeted to play before a Charlie's Kitchen, you know, make a pie hmm. video? Like their targeting is off and it's it's just crap. And that's just an, an indication of like a really bad advert. However, on the flip side of that, if you come up with a really great advert, a memorable advert, it doesn't have to have a Super Bowl budget. That's a big fallacy. But if you look at something like the Dollar Shave Club, everyone knows the Dollar Shave Club advert because it was funny, Right. Everyone knows the old Spice advert because that was funny. And that costs a lot of money to do. I get that. But these are examples of lo-fi adverts that just got your attention. They were funny. They talked to you. They weren't vanilla. And that's really the thing. If you can actually capture someone in those first precious five seconds, then you're talking. Okay. And, uh, and that's, really, that's really how I break it down. I break I, it down, I should say. And so you, you, you break it down into three different segments, don't you? It's uh, not to five seconds, six seconds to 35 seconds, and then 35 seconds to 40 seconds. Um, so how did you actually establish those particular exact times to break it down into? Okay, again, trial and error. Um, but here's the dirty little secret um, that mar most marketers don't actually know as well. So on your program here and now, like all your viewers and listeners can get their heads around this, Google will not charge you if you make a 40 second, so four zero, make a 40 second video, okay, an advert, just a regular YouTube video, make it 40 seconds, right? You have five seconds to garner their attention before they can click the skip button. So that bit was fairly obvious, right? Don't make them click skip. And then what you've got is if you click before 30 seconds, if that viewer clicks before 30 seconds, then the click is free. Google will not charge you for that click. So therefore, they'll still charge you for the cost per view, but in the real terms of, of life, that will be around about 10 to 15 cents per view. So it's really, really cheap traffic and targeted traffic too. Yeah, and if you're so getting clicks, then that's essentially 10 to 15 cents per click there. If, if, if you're not paying per click, you're only paying for views. And that's, that's just phenomenally cheap traffic if it's targeted enough. Um, so, so, so that's exceptionally impressive. And... I would think that the majority of people doing YouTube ads aren't sticking to that formula and aren't enticing that click before the 30 seconds. So they're, they're spending a lot more money than you are. Hmm. That's exactly right. So they'll still be going through this like trying it out phase and testing phase and then just going, well, that hasn't worked for us. And and, and again, you know, I'll just go back to Facebook, you know. Like, yeah, YouTube pre-rolls don't work at all. Uh, just like people trying out AdWords for the first time, um, just filling it up with keywords not doing any exact matches at all and just wondering why they've suddenly spent a thousand dollars in a day and just not get any traffic back daddy what's a negative keyword <laughs> son that's how you're not going to take the money up the wall but anyway we digress <laughs> introducing nathan haig everyone no. <laughs> <laughs> you got the name wrong earlier on so at least you got that right I, this time i did that's why i'm repeating it now come on <laughs> i'm trying to Thanks, James. get it right man no worry terry that's all right <laughs> Um, what was I going to ask next? I had a great question in my head. No, I was just going to continue talking about this this, this framework because I, th I think it's really, really important. So uh, not to five seconds, um, summarize really what the ad's going to be about and then try and get irrelevant traffic to click the skip button at the bottom. Is that correct? 
yeah. So the way, <clears throat> so I'll lay it out for you because it's fairly, it's fairly straightforward. So get your pens, write this stuff down. So zero to five seconds, that's your hook. Disrupt their way of thinking. If you're advertising, we'll talk about this later on, I'm sure. But if you're actually uh, targeting, say, a supplement uh, channel or a motor channel or uh, you know, a fitness channel, you get the idea. If you're targeting a specific channel, so say for argument's sake, and we'll name names because everyone loves Herbal Life and the product might be like a bit in disrepute, but the marketing works, right? There's no way around that. So let's take Herbal Life as our example in this, right? So you can actually target the specific videos on the Herbal Life channel, like, wow. So what you do is in the first five seconds, it, I would do something along the lines of disrupt their thinking. It would be my ugly mug on the front of the screen. So in the first five seconds, hey, you, wait there. I know you're going to watch a Herbal Life video, but I've got something that melts fat even quicker. Stay right there. So they were expecting to watch a Herbal Life video. They typed it out. My ugly mug pops up talking about Herbal Life and that I've got something even better. So there you go. There's your congruency right there. And I've disrupted their thinking too. So in the first five seconds, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait right there. Oh, okay, then I will. And that's 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 people, right? So that's the first five seconds. Yay. And then from six seconds through to 26 seconds, pitch your little heart out. So do what you need to do. I often find that people need just one thing giving to them, right? So if you go, our product can do this and this, and oh my God, it can do this too. Let's try and cram as much as we possibly can into 26 seconds. That's going to fail. So give them one thing to think about. And one thing only, right? And just go, you're one major benefit to them, marketing 101, right? But just make one of those benefits. Do that up until the 26-second mark. Here's the secret source. What you need to then do is you need to start shutting up and then your on-screen buttons. Now, if they click anywhere on the screen, right, anywhere on that video, they're going to be taken to your landing page. But what you as a marketer need to do is you need to give like a call-to-action button, literally over the top of the screen, uh, the top of the right of the screen uh, and then the bottom of the screen have green call to action buttons and be pointing to them. If it's your face that's on the screen, literally point down and say to them. So I'd be doing my pitch from five seconds or six seconds through to 26 seconds. I'd be giving them the benefit and then I would finish off by just going, right, so don't trust me, click here. So, you know, again, keep it low key, right? Don't, don't listen to me. What you need to do is click here. Okay, so I'm for radio viewers, where I'm actually pointing down at the mm. screen and there's an on-screen green button. Okay, or if you're on a tablet, this is the secret source. Or if you're on a tablet, look up and point to the top right of the screen. I can't stress that enough. Or if you're on a tablet, click up here and I'll see you in the next five seconds. Right, go ahead, do it along those lines you have to point down and you have to point up and look to the imaginary green button at the top right of the screen tablet traffic converts really really shittily okay in most industries we'll talk about that later on too so at 26 seconds you shut up right because what you want them to do is click with all the 30 seconds and then just pause the video essentially kind of just stay there on the screen if you can freeze frame it so be it if you just stand there motionless so be it but shut up by the 26 second then leave it so it looks like the advert has finished so when you do that clearly that's a visual prompt for the viewer to go oh oh i, I need to click the video yes you need to click the goddamn video click it okay now for those people that don't do that and watch to the bitter end and there will be very few but past the 30 second mark you're now paying for that click so Come back to life on the screen. 
okay and say are you still here seriously click the button so go in for the kill for the second time are you still here click the button here or here if you're on a tablet point and look to the top right of the screen and i'll see you in the next five seconds go ahead do it the journey of a thousand steps starts with one click the button and i'll see you soon going for the kill for the third time you know battle hardened people it's like the same people that struggle to the end of the movie and you know stay there for the you know 15 minutes in the credits to see what happens mm. you will get some people like that but the lion's share of your people will probably click away within about 12 to 15 seconds so front load all your best stuff in that first 15 seconds is the point of the story so that that's 10 grand of consultancy right there if you do that you'll dominate no question that's a wonderful summary there um checks in the post <laughs> the um everybody else's as well mate <laughs> two questions in relation to that so you mentioned terrible life and being very very specific in your targeting does that mean yeah. that you should never just target a category in youtube should you always target specific videos um i found with my test again if you're not getting i i always go in with um a specific channel in mind so I'll actually do some research and we'll talk about that so I'll do some research I'll find which YouTube channels I want to uh, target and then I'll use uh, some separate software um, that people could use to actually you know target the the actual videos in that channel and I'll build a campaign around that specific channel right um, what I'll also do is as a, as a split test I'll also go Hmm. If I'm trying to target herbal life, then maybe I should start typing in right herbal life. Because what I'll do is I'll be targeting on a single campaign just the videos from the herbal life official um, channel. But also I can be equally as, as comfortable targeting the user generated videos about herbal life that have been monetized. So uh, again, I, I can build a campaign around those two things, no problem. Okay. So I, I'd create yeah. So you can have placements. Mm your YouTube campaign, you can actually give URL placements. So those would be specific videos in YouTube that you want your advert to play before. So those are placements and you need software to do that. There's no way around it, right? Option B is you can actually run a specific campaign now, right, on just the keywords and key phrases, as you say. And Google does a pretty good job at that. Like it, it's, it's actually quite good. So yes, to answer your question, I would do your way and I would also do my way. I would see which converts better, and then I would just double down on the one that does and knock off the one that doesn't, clearly. Okay, um, question coming in from uh, Periscope. How much does he charge to do this? Um, you, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I charge, like, at the moment, like, what I do is I, I do, like, lots and lots of free content. So the people that work with me, like, I never, personally, I, I never advertise. So I use my YouTube, I use my Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, and I just give away just a load of content, like, let's stuff that I'm talking to you now. So I just do all of that. If people want to do a growth hacking day with me, then that's fine. They can come in. And I charge 2000 US a day to come and work with me. Where a brand wants to work with me, we start off at 10K for, for the month. So, yeah, so that's that's what I do. But really, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, like I'd love to take your business, but the reality is if you actually look at like my, say my website, nathanhaig.com, or if you follow me on Twitter or like me and David met on, on Periscope, like Periscope's wonderful because I can drop all this information and, um, you know, it's a great live streaming is wonderful. And I suggest all of you guys do that with your businesses too. So, you know, I charge like a wounded bull, but I give a lot of content away for free first. And if you implement that stuff, everyone wants information, right? They want one-on-ones. 
The reality is <clears throat> if you run a live stream and you watch all the stuff that I talk about, like with David, for example, and you ask people to swipe left or swipe right on their mobiles, that invites their followers. Very few people will actually do that on a live stream. So I like people to like see all my stuff up front. And I know that when they get in touch with me, they're implementers rather than just talkers. So I'm not saying that that person is, obviously, but um, I give a load of content away for free. So, yeah, take advantage of that for sure. Yeah. Uh, the one question, one other question I was going to ask in relation to what you were saying earlier on, you were talking about um, tablet tablet traffic just not converting well at all um so what do you do if um you know that someone's on a on a tablet do you take them anywhere else uh, somewhere different compared with your desktop traffic no <clears throat> so you can do that with adwords all right but with your tablet traffic in its infinite strength and wisdom at google uh, even the last couple of days obviously as event uh, convert reconfirm this so you cannot create a separate campaign and split away desktop and tablet you can't do that. They're actually lumped in with one another. And there's no way of just going, well, I'll just send, say, iPads through to a different landing page. You can't do that. All right. It's, it's, yeah, it's a pain in the ass and it, it's an arse ache. So the best that you can hope to do, and this is the way that I've found, and again, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on the table to find this information out. So your viewers and listeners can actually garner information from this. So tablet traffic converts really badly. Therefore, you need to create separate campaigns for mobile and separate campaigns for desktop slash tablet. All right. You have to separate out those two. All right. So that's step one. Step two is that there's that hint that I gave earlier on. So the on screen prompts. Okay. With again, I'm pointing down for the pod listeners, podcasters, but I'm actually pointing down and I'm looking down at the imaginary on screen button. And then my words are okay. And if you're on a tablet, click up here. So I'm pointing up to the top right, again, to the other imaginary button. And that's for tablet users. So you mention the word tablet. And it's not perfect, I'm not going to lie, but it's a lot better than just having one advert that just gets shown across, you know, multi-platform and, and then just doesn't convert and drags your stats down. <clears throat> Those on-screen call to action buttons, you pointing to them and telling them desktop and the tablet buttons up here do that and your stats will go back up again it's not perfect right but if you want to advertise on youtube that's an awesome growth hacking tip right there do that brilliant okay a lot of incredible content there and just before we go into the second section of our discussion which um goes into digital marketing in general um i would like to mention actually your um other website um the one that you have on your your screen there at the moment um do, do you want to talk about it exactly because um we've got some audio listeners to our podcast as well and um i'd like you to to, to mention that service a little bit um nathan yeah sure all right so um i i dog food all my own products right so all of this is is as a result of me actually battle testing my own systems and sales systems and products so here's the thing right right we're not doing any sproiking of software or any of that all right what i'm going to do is give you the actual problem that you have so the issue that you have is if you want to do a youtube targeted campaign you can do that you can actually go and you can say hey google slash youtube my video advert, please play that before these specific videos. All right. So that, that gives you the laser targeting. You're no longer relying on someone to say, oh, well, I've tagged me video with fitness or you're not relying on Google to have actually gone into the audio and the video track on that specific video and just go, well, I, th I think I think this is about fitness. Right. You're not relying on an algorithm now. You're actually saying in your AdWords, these are the videos 
I want to play before. Okay, so we call those URL placements. <clears throat> All right. Uh, apparently, we've got like a nest of birds outside. Right. I hate wildlife in Australia. You need to understand that everything in Australia will kill you, right? It's got teeth and it will kill you or it will sting you or it will bite you. Even, anyway. Even the birds. Oh, there we go. There's more. Brilliant. I, I love that. I, I was interviewing someone from Queensland once and um, they were outside actually and the, the, the noise um, was just incredible. Just you could hear behind them speaking with the wildlife going on and I think the fact that you know when I've spent some time in Australia but you know not Australian obviously um I I loved it you know but perhaps if you're there for a long time you just get fed up with it yeah it's like everyone's just going oh you know Australia's beautiful it's like all year round it's so hot and beautiful and gorgeous and sunny I'm sat in white dressing gown viewers right listeners I'm sat here white fluffy dressing gown just freezing, all right? So, yeah, fallacy, myths, and all the rest of it. Let's go back to the YouTube. <laughs> Otherwise, gets, I'll get on a rant. It gets cold in Sydney sometimes. <laughs> but so, um, yeah, people what, should try out uh, TubeMaster Pro, though. That's what you're saying. Yeah, so the, the, the issue is that you want to be able to find those URL placements. Now, it used to take me 80, so 80, 80 hours to get a VA uh, over in the Philippines to say, right, could you actually, these are, this is the, the key phrase I'm looking for. So let's say fitness. Um, so I want you to go and find all the fitness videos that have been monetized. Now, when we're talking about monetized videos, what we're talking about is um, you, uh, as a channel owner, you have to have gone, yeah, hey, YouTube, can I monetize my channel, right? Connect it with my AdSense, etc. right? So that's step one. It's an R sake, and that's why a lot of people just don't do it. I don't even know that it's an option, to be fair, right? So that's step one. The channel owner then, step two, has to say, right, well, all the videos I'm uploading uh, or on a per video basis, I'll tick this box and say, yes, I'd like to earn some money on this. So it's a two-step process for every video that you've seen on their YouTube channel, right? So whilst you might find three and a half, 35 million fitness videos or female fat loss videos, what you'll find is that when you actually take those URLs, Okay, and you pump them into YouTube and you have a look if there's any adverts playing before or during them, i.e. have they been monetized, what you'll find is only a fraction of those YouTube videos have actually been monetized in the way that I said. So therefore, the issue becomes if you want to go for URL placements and do the laser targeting, you're going to need to use some software rather than a VA's 80 hours worth of time to find 500 videos. So that's where I came into it. I just went, I'm not doing that. That's, it's just a not a good use of time, not even my VA's time. So I looked into it and I just went, right, how can I find those monetized videos and then, you know, basically create a list of those and, and create my campaign. And that is where Tube Master Pro, so that's T-U-B-E, because people are like, how does he spell Tube? He's got a funny accent. So we're talking about YouTube, so it's Tube Master Pro. Go ahead and do that, and that's the software that you need. So that's my software. I'm not spriking it. Use it or don't. But if you want to do laser targeting as an advertiser, you will need that software because there ain't nothing else out there. I know because I have to build it for myself. And that has one purpose only. It finds those monetized videos. And then step two, it actually builds the YouTube campaign. And as you've seen, David, you actually, in literally in three minutes, you can create an entire targeted YouTube campaign. So that's three minutes. Yeah, try doing that. Three minutes versus 80 hours. That's the power of it. And there's other software that you need as well. Uh, not mine. Um, so you also need, so go to tubemasterpro.com. 
that URL again, tubemasterpro.com. But the other software that you need on your YouTube advertising is going to be um, vidIQ, right? Now, that's a free Chrome extension. Just go to the Chrome extension store, go and download it. You need to register, but it's for free. Take the free version. Don't buy the upgrade at this moment in time. It's not worth doing. Register for it. And what that gives you is the ability to find the tags, all right, that your competitors' videos are using, <clears throat> right? So if you don't tag, then you're stupid. You need to tag your videos, right? If you need exposure, you need to tag your videos. And so therefore you go, well, how do I tag my videos? What am I going to tag them as? Well, clearly the content of your video. But some of the ninja tips that you want would be to have a look at the tags of your competitors' videos. So for videos ranking for, say, 35 million views, that's a pretty popular video, right? So if that's in your niche, then you use vidIQ and you actually then have on the screen all of the tags that that other video is using so then clearly what you would do is in you'd copy those tags and paste them into your own video make sure the tags are relevant i can't stress that enough don't use kittens if you're you know if you're talking about bench presses right mm. but that, that's what you do so that vid iq uncovers those tags on popular videos allowing you to copy them and paste them into your own videos all right so theoretically you should rank higher there's loads of video SEO stuff I can talk about. All actionable stuff. I quite like video SEO. It's quite easy, to be fair. Oh, I like it as well. And you, you've made me want to talk about my uh, videos as well, because um, if, you, <laughs> if you search, uh, this is my video claim to fame. If you search YouTube for the phrase digital marketing, my video is number one for that. Oh, get you. So that's quite that's, that's quite quite a competitive keyword phrase, and that's um, organic yeah. as well, obviously. But um, of course, I always touch a piece of wood when I'm saying that because you just never know what's going to happen to it. <laughs> but, I've done it, and he's like on page fifteen. He's talking. No, what's he on about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, no, um, I, I I really um, you shared a lot of value there, and I wanted to talk about um, tube. Uh, Master Pro as well because um, I was recommended actually by a chap called Matt Dyer um, to speak to you uh, because he likes um, your tool as well um, and he was a chap that I interviewed for episode I think it was 107 of, of Digital Marketing Radio um, so if someone that I've spoken to like that recommends it I know that it's a great tool so that's why I wanted to talk to you. Thanks Matt. You're awesome. I'll pay you later on. <laughs> but, okay, we have talked a, a lot about YouTube there. I would like to fire through this, the, the second half of our discussion there. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what software do you currently use in your business, apart from your own, that if someone <laughs> took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Yep. Um, so I, I really hate to say it because I hate it with a passion, but it's a necessary evil. Uh, I've got to say Facebook. Um, wow. I'll, I'll talk about Facebook in a minute as to why that's the case. Um, but my list off the bat would be uh, Facebook, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Target Grow. So one word, targetgrow.com, targetgrow.com. Um, that actually gains uh, targeted Twitter followers, right? Um, I also have something called the Green Button, and that's a custom-rolled software too, to be fair. That's attraction-based marketing on LinkedIn. All right. So you click the green button. It, uh, so if you're in a group in LinkedIn, uh, you click the green button. Literally, it's a, it's a, it's a green button. Uh, yeah, novel, right? Um, you click the green button and what that will do, it will actually visit everybody in that group, in that LinkedIn group. <clears throat> and of course, on their side, it will fire off an event of who's viewed my profile? Well, who's this Nathan guy? 
Nathan hasn't actually looked at their profile, to be fair. The green button opened their profile in another tab and looked at a rate of about 500 profiles in probably about three minutes. So from that, you can actually then get just a load of people connecting with you, providing you've got a strong bio. Attraction-based marketing. So the green button for me is just beautiful, and I love it, and I use it. Uh, target Grower talked about um, uh, TweetDeck. I absolutely love TweetDeck. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, uh, twubs.com, so twubs.com, T-W-U-B-S. I use that to find Twitter chats every so often. Um, not so much uh, software, but probably a SaaS. Uh, and I also use um, uh, socialbro.com, stupid name, but really cool product. Socialbro, yeah, really, B-R-O, socialbro.com. I don't have any shares in that company, but it's a really cool piece of software. And I use that for my Twitter marketing. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, those are the pieces of software that I use on a daily basis. That's brilliant. Um, yeah. My... <clears throat> cool. um, so a slightly more challenging question. What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Good question. Um, I'm thinking I'll probably use uh, something like, again, SAS. I'll probably use uh, something like Kissmetrics. Um, I'll probably just go back into like the analytics and I'll probably get a more industrial strength analytics program, to be fair. Mm. Uh, I quite like analytics. I could talk all day, day about analytics. Um, also, I, I, I'm in two minds, you know, like automating my tweets and all the rest of it. I, I've never done that. Um, maybe possibly it's time to look at something like Hootsuite. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I find uh, Twitter automation and just icky it doesn't gel well with me at all so but I, I, yeah we'll have a look maybe some uh, zero accounting software in the future maybe i'll use that too um yeah we'll we'll have a look so yeah hope that answered the question i wish i would have i'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online uh, so what didn't you do so well what do you wish that you would have done differently i just read a whole heap more um yeah just like sat back taking a step back and done a few more courses. Um, everyone says they don't have time. I was one of those people. Um, so I would have preferred to have slapped myself around a bit and said, shut up, Nath, and take the whole weekend down and just basically watch all of these online courses, pay for them. Uh, don't use YouTube. Actually sit down and pay to play to watch structured and formal courses. Um, and then that would have saved me. You know, you put $1,000 down on the table for an expensive course, um, you know, and, and, you know, you can garner so much information from that. Um, yeah, and that would have saved me. So I put $1,000 on the table and, and clearly that would have saved me maybe $10,000 in ad spend. You know, we talked to joked earlier on about uh, negative keywords, for example. I mean, AdWords is such a black box and, and so opaque to a lot of people. Um I wish I had actually done more courses on that before I'd actually jumped into it. Jumping into something, you know it's going to cost you like down the line. If you spend that extra weekend and just learning and watching, then that will pay dividends down down the line. If you watch even a couple of hours worth of video, you're already 90% ahead of everybody else that hasn't. So, so do, yeah, you, what, do, you actually, do, do you actually put <laughs> some time aside now to do training every single month, say? I, I honestly, I, I it sounds real cliche, but I train every minute of every day. Um, the way that I do it, like my personal hack, right? And it is a personal hack. I love this, and I always recommend other people do this too. I don't have the time, right, to sit down there and just trawl through a load of websites, you know, and trawl through a load of like YouTube videos. I'm not going to do that. It's so not good use of my time. <clears throat> Sorry. So instead, then, what I'll do is I'll actually use. Um, 
uh, Flipboard. All right, what a beautiful app. What a completely underrated app. Use Flipboard. I can't stress it enough. And so what happens is I'll use Twitter lists. So I'll do a, a keyword search, all right, a key phrase search. And I'll add that to a Twitter list, right? So it could be marketing, it could be advanced digital marketing, you get the idea. But I'll create a list based around that keyword or that key phrase. Twitter lists, if you're not using Twitter lists, you've just got to, all right? It's one of the most underrated pieces of Twitter there is, and no one really uses them, okay? Or you need to. So I'll create a list, and then what I'll do is I'll bring those Twitter lists into uh, Flipboard. So I'll connect my Twitter account to Flipboard and, and my Facebook and my Google Plus. Yeah, I use Google Plus um, and also my LinkedIn. And I'll bring all my social channels into Flipboard because once you're actually on that social channel, once you're in the, the realms of Facebook, because basically every other Bing, Pete, Bing, you know, is going to be someone interrupting you. Now, I don't have time for that. <clears throat> And I don't want to get lost in somebody else's ecosystem when I've got stuff to do. So therefore, I get the best of Facebook, all right, in um, in Flipboard, for example, which then I can clearly just flip through and scan through, just like it was a newspaper, right? I will always, when I open up my eyes in the morning, I'll spend at least the first 30 to 45 minutes of my life just flipping through Flipboard and catching up on all the latest tech stories. I'll look at Product Hunt. I'll look at Hacker News. I'll look at all these different channels, but I'll look at them in a very pictorial and literally a flip method, right? And my brain, and I'm sure others probably thinking the same thing, when I actually see a picture and I see it laid out, you know, beautifully like a newspaper, instead of a very massive cluster of information on Twitter, where it's just it's just awful and it's just a fire hose of data. That's fine and it's fun. But I would rather flip through and just see all of the pertinent stories with its pictures and its formatting and in-stream videos. And I can very quickly scan through like heaps. In that 45 minutes, I've done my training for the day, essentially. If there's a topic that I really want to drill into at that point, I'll reserve some time, maybe at lunchtime, maybe in the evening time to go back through that. Everyone in their life has got, you know, 30 minutes of their day. Go for a cigarette break or go and learn something about AdWords. The choice is yours. But to get multimedia and on my terms, I will always use, uh, for a large amount of information, I will always use Flipboard to bring that and correlate it and put it into a single medium. All right? Okay. So it's a good growth. <laughs> no, great stuff. Um, I, I tell you what, you offered a lot of value uh, in each question there and um, you deliver a lot of content there. It's... Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I'm, well, I'm starting to think I shouldn't have come with so many questions. You know, I should have just come with one question and go, with right, <laughs> on you go. <laughs> no, but it's great. It's great. I didn't want to stop you either because, you know, all of it was very practical and very valuable as well. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be quite a few people that will be listening to this episode twice because there's so much in there. Good. Well, that's that's what it's all about. And I think you've touched, um, you've touched a, a point there. <clears throat> Marketing right now. Is going through this massive change. I mean, marketing always changes, to be fair. But right now, we're going through another another paradigm shift. And I, I say that with like a bit of a cringe as well. So what happens at the moment is that we've had this beautiful run for the last you know year, year and a half, um, and it's been wonderful, right? And what's been wonderful is we've had the ability to retarget people. I mean, that's just changed the industry massively. Do not ever release an advertising campaign unless you have some form of retargeting 
remarketing, same, same, uh, installed beforehand. Don't do that because it's just stupidity to like, launch without that. If you don't get on the first time, less than 10% of your people are going to convert on the first time. Well, you've lost 90% of people you could have remarketed to, right? So the point of the story is remarketing works, like no question about it. However, what's actually happening is now you've got over 200 million monthly active users of ad blocking technology. So all these people at the moment that are just coming into it now and just going, well, we'll just use this remarketing. It sounds really awesome. You're coming in, you're starting to come in, you know, during the declining years. Because with ad blockers, those pixels that we so rely on, they're going to be blown out the water. So therefore... Get in now and do all your advertising campaigns based around your remarketing and your retargeting. Get them on your email list as soon as you can. Get them away from the soft, shifting, rented sands of social. You don't own the customer at that point. You know, I've got a Facebook page. Shut up, right? You don't actually have any customers on that page, right? Their Facebook's not yours. So, therefore, <clears throat> you need to get them as soon as possible onto your well, own this turn. This or that yeah. round. I had a slip Zero. finger there. <laughs> Okay, so uh, which is still funny. So what you need to do then in that case is you need to start thinking, right, well, if we're in the declining golden era of like, uh, you know, the trailing end of pixels and remarketing, what's next? And it never really went away, but it's kind of been hiding in plain sight. So we've got content marketing, great, but everyone's drowning in content. If I see another female fat loss story from another personal trainer, I'll go postal, I swear, right? So, and it's still important to have that. Don't get me wrong. You still need quality content. You need to do that, right? However, what the better way, the growth hacking way of doing stuff now is to go, right, well, if I've got a product or a service, Sure, I can put some money on the table, do my pay-per-click, go to my blog, get some organic traffic. I can do all of that, and, and yes, you'll need to do that. Or option B is I can go straight to an influencer all right, in my industry where my niche is going to be hanging out and listening to or watching. So let's uh, take YouTube because that's pertinent to what we're talking about right, all day. <clears throat> so I will use something like uh, FameBit, famebit.com you'll see a rise of all these type of services coming through the ranks too so i'll go to a third party service like famebit.com i'll find the youtube stars in my particular demographic who are going to be watching these stars and these youtube talent and what i'll do is i'll uh, take the piss out of americans i'm really sorry i just i don't know it's just something i do but i'll actually go to that influencer and i'll put some money on the table either through the third party site like famebit.com or i'll just go straight to them and say listen can we just like you know cut a deal where you sproik my and i'll give you some dough Who's not going to do that, you know? So he or she with the biggest Instagram followers, the Twitter followers, the YouTube subscribers, um, you get the idea. He with the biggest count wins. And you're going to see a lot more of that, in my opinion. And I'm already seeing stuff. But you're going to see a lot more of that over the coming months, especially with these pixels. And no one no one really has got like a, a fix for this. Like no, no tech company that I know at the moment has got like a, a replacement for these pixels. They're like, well, shit, uh, what are we going to do? There's nothing that I can see on the horizon at the moment that's going to replace those. So therefore, your only option is to scale your business efforts out massively via other influencers. Coattail off their success. Don't try and get it yourself. It's going to cost you money, right? Money that you might as well put into the pockets of somebody that's already done the hard yakka. They've already got their followers. And they can put your product in front of hundreds, tens of hundreds, thousands, millions, millions of people. Why would you not do that? I would. So, yeah.
interesting times. Absolutely. Oh, moving on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response oh, round. Right that time. <laughs> now I was going to cut out that in the audio podcast. Oh, so how am I going to do this? Clearly, clearly <laughs> no, we'll leave it all in. We'll leave it all in. So um, ten quick questions here. So just two rules. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So ready to go? Yeah, far away. Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? App. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. Well, that seemed I fairly, win. It seemed fairly simple, yeah. Um, what made you choose app over website? I hate websites. They suck and they can die, right? Websites are just awful. <clears throat> You've got no control over it. Like, uh, I, I, I create web software, right? So it seems odd coming from someone like me, but I have zero control over how that looks. I have zero control over how many plugins you've got, what operating system, you, how buggy, how slow, how much memory you don't have. I've got no control over all of that. So I was a big, huge proponent over the years of just going, no, the web, it's open. Don't just create a walled garden approach. Now I'm like, that, all right? The web can suck. The web basically has no control over it whatsoever. Um, it looks different on all devices. If you do, if you design uh, an application, a web application, I should say, you have no control over how that's going to operate on other people's devices. All right, you've got no control on that. So Apple, for all its, uh, and I was a you know like anti-Apple for ages. I'm like, well, their walled garden approach is awful, you know. But the reality is. The tools are awesome, right, to develop with. It's very rapid development. Um, and you know what it's going to be like on the target device, right? Because you've developed it on an iPad. The screen is the same on all iPads. The resolution is the same on all iPads. Um, you know the experience is going to be controlled. Once I relinquish control and put it back onto the web, right, and try and emulate an app via the web, I lose control over that. I can't begin to tell you how many wasted thousands, tens of thousands of hours. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to exaggerate. Tens of thousands of hours, man hours on my team have been spent on trying to patch up uh, little issues with the different uh, nuances on the browsers. All right. Oh, we can get rounded corners on, you know, Internet Explorer. We can't now get them on Firefox. And, you know, small things like that add up, you know, through to bigger things like animations, um, responsive web design, like that. I would also uh, have a website from now on, all right? I will actually have a website and a holder. And of course, you'll need the website. There's no way around that for your company website. But, you know, and that's never going to change, all right? You need the website to showcase what your stuff is. But the moment you try and add any business intelligence onto there or any business processes, um, you, you lose control of all of that. Right, how you think it's going to appear on, on their screens isn't usually how it's not going to. So have your placeholder website. This is about us, you know, blah, 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 blah. I get that. Have that. That's not changing. All right. But if you want them to actually download an app, then have literally like an app, um, you know, link through to App Store or Google Play. Do not ever launch a SaaS 
um, that does more than say one or two things because it, it, it just the support involved in having to get a team behind that far outweighs the cost of having a smaller team and a more nimble team and a more agile team and put more money into the development with more features on an app the web i'm, I'm just i'm over the web completely and that's someone that's been doing it for nine years i'm just i'm no longer interested in developing for the web so you, you talked about apple to begin with there as well laterally uh, google play as well there but um if you're developing apps there are quite a few different platforms you can develop apps for should you start out just by developing an app for ios or is google play and other platforms worthwhile as well yeah again really good question so for those people listening in that are are thinking about developing an app the way that i would do it is the the development tools that uh, apple give you are they far far exceed the ability to develop quickly on android um, so again, it's controlling the user experience and it's the rapid development. So Apple give you the tools. Uh, everyone's got an iPhone, you know, more minted people, more people predisposed towards purchasing will use Apple. Yeah, sure. There's like, you know, I think it's 13% worldwide market share of Apple devices versus whatever else it is between, you know, Android and, and whatever else out there. But the people that spend money by and large on apps usually are the people on iOS. So follow the money, go and use iOS. The second thing is that Google, like, is just as well, all right, I'm quite happy to say that live. Yeah, iOS apps can be developed very well on established um, software platforms and tools that they give us, right? However, when you move into Google territory, that all goes out the window. The tools that they've traditionally given us, are, are, they're subpar, and they're not good enough for the job. Right. So the other problem that you have is that with iOS, you've got certain screen sizes and that's your lot. Right. With Google, clearly everyone and his dog can create an Android device. It's open source. Right. So what you can actually do with that then is go, right, well, I'll develop it for, say, a Samsung, let's say, I don't know, uh, Galaxy S5. Right. And you go, that's great. And that looks fantastic. Now take that same app on a flagship device and now put it on something like, I don't know, maybe like an S2 or an S3, right? Galaxy S2 or S3, right? Same manufacturer, different screen sizes, different processors, different RAM, different usage. It's just, and then you've got the different Android versions too. So Lollipop, Android 5, wonderful, looks really awesome. Okay, but then that's still not market share. Most people are running something like Ice Cream Sandwich still, all right? Mm. So we're still two versions ago. Apple, when they release something, you can be pretty sure that market uptake is going to be very quick. And you don't then need to develop for past iOS versions, really. Okay, you don't need to do that. With Android, it's so fragmented that as a developer, you just go, you just shake your head in disbelief because um, Google have done such a poor job and the manufacturers have done an exceedingly poor job. And I'm naming Samsung here as one of the main offenders. They're awful but how do you develop for an ecosystem that's constantly changing and has no standards? <laughs> like the screen size is going to look different. Again, you're kind of back to almost the web then. It's like if it looks great on your Samsung S5, mm. what's it going to look like on a two-year-old device You know, that's still in contract? It's just a pain in the ass. So for any developers out there, I would go iOS first because you know it's easy to get to market, to get some money behind you, ready for the grind that is android yeah. and windows phone i've got to say windows phone as well 
I love Windows Phone. I absolutely adore Windows Phone. I'm one of the very few people in the world that really like it. And I can see their strategy like massively paying off right now. So Apple, they the developer conference. Yeah, great. They had a few things in there, like Apple Watch. Really? Okay, great. Or option B, what I can do is I can buy maybe the upcoming Surface and I can have 4G connectivity in this. The phone part is actually part of my tablet. Okay, and then I can actually make a phone call on the same device that I'm actually doing my video editing for my YouTube videos on. And that's a powerful thing. I don't care that I'm carrying around a 12-inch tablet that's actually acting as my phone because I do that on a daily basis anyway. But that's a useful device. I don't then need to carry around a laptop to do video editing and an iPad and a phone. I don't need to do that. And for me, that's the holy grail. And I know a lot of people like, are like me on that one too. The $10,000 so. question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, would you spend it on YouTube video ads or would you spend it on something else? Um, I would split it um, between uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, and YouTube ads. Um, if I was a local, hyper-local business, I'd take some of that as well, and I'd put it onto traditional AdWords, text-based AdWords. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably do my spend uh, to start off with. I'd probably put down, say, 60% on Facebook ads, and I'd split the remaining 40% between uh, Twitter and, and YouTube ads. Okay. My number one takeaway. Well, Nathan, you've offered a, a lot of crazy amount of advice in our conversation um can you possibly distill it down to a number one takeaway what, what would you say is the single most important step that our listeners just need to take away and implement in their businesses um take a step yeah one point um wow there's so much um i'd take a step back from everything right so i'd take a step back and i'd survey all that is marketing and I'd take stock of what I was doing right now, what was working, what wasn't working. I'd, I'd take a complete step back. Everyone gets so ground down in what they should or they think they should be doing. There's a new, you know, there's a new Snapchat thing. Oh, okay. Well, now we need to advertise on there because our competitors are. Take a step back from all of it. All right, and have a look. Really, have a look at like what is actually working for you. Look at the figures. Don't look at the emotion. Look at the analytics. Look at the figures. The figures don't lie. Have a look at that, and then base some business decisions on what works for you now versus what you think you should be doing. I find that so many times over and over that people get paralysis by analysis. Mm. They think they should be doing something, therefore they start throwing some time. And, and, and energy and money at these other things. And it's it's awful because you look at them and just go, that's just never going to work. But you can't help everybody, right? So my one takeaway point, take a step back from everything, okay? Get away from your work environment. I usually do that over a weekend. I'll just go somewhere um, and I'll take a step back and I'll just look at all the facts and the figures and I'll, I'll actually analyze it, take the emotion out of it and, and, you know, just see what actually is working and what isn't working. Don't feel pressured into taking on a new medium when it might not be the best decision for you. Time and money is expensive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a few years ago, it was um, more appropriate to, to try and be everywhere. And you, you could possibly do that. But now there's so much going on. You've got to just focus on the areas that you love to do yourself and also where your audience are as well, of course. Yeah, too right. And that's the thing, like go where the money is, go where the audience is. I mean who uses Elo? Remember Elo from last year? Everyone like piled into Elo. 
because uh, the Facebook, um, you know, with the real name policy, so you've mm. got all of the, uh, you know, the performers and the drag artists and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, go, well, we don't want to use our real name. So therefore, I think it was like something like 100 million people like piled into Ello. And uh, does anyone use Ello now? No. <laughs> all right. So shiny. Yeah, exactly. You know, who's Ello? So, yeah, shiny syndrome. And I think I find marketers are especially prone to that as well. So if a marketer is prone to that, then what, ch- what chance does a small business owner have, small to medium sized business owner have? And the answer is none. So by taking a step back from all of that and having a look and just going, well, look, where are our customers actually at? Are they even watching YouTube adverts? I'd hazard a guess and say they were, but not for every industry. If you find that your Facebook advertising is working, why would you not hire a consultant and double down your efforts on your Facebook you know, and, and, and get a better result on there? If that's working for you, then double down on that. Use some consultancy to pimp your efforts. But, yeah, that, that's what I would do. Yeah, I hope that helps. I put some oh, clarity does. on. Absolutely. You know, you, you've offered so much value there, uh, but I reckon that takes us to the, the end of our discussion, really. So thank you so much for your time and your advice there. What's the, the best way for our readers or listeners um, to actually find out more about you and uh, what you do? Yeah, for sure. So if you go to the website, now my website's embarrassing, right? But I do so much business from it. So, you know, again, it's another fallacy blown. You don't need a whizzy bang website to make a lot of money from it. So if you go to my website, go to uh, nathanhaig.com, H-A-G-U-E, nathanhaig.com. And the best way, the the way that I prefer is uh, people via uh, Periscope or Twitter. So the handle there is Australia Wow, W-O-W. So Twitter is my preferred choice, to be honest. And they can also find me on uh, youtube.com forward slash Australia. Wow, as well. You see the congruency there? So, yeah, they can find me there. All my best stuff actually gets pumped out via like YouTube, to be fair. So, yeah, they can have a look just there. Great stuff. Okay, well, and thank you, dear listener, for uh, joining us, or dear viewer as well, um, wherever you are watching this or listening to this. Um, if you like what you heard and you're listening to this on iTunes, I'd really appreciate your feedback. So just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes to go to directly to the app and leave an honest rating and review. It'd be great to hear from you, and of course, it would help to improve the ranking of the show on iTunes as well. And finally, I'm also now hosting a live show every Friday um, called This Week in Organic. So go to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. But uh, until- I'm going there. I'm going there. This is organic. I'm going there. That's happening. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> before you have another coffee as well. <laughs>